The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. But every time you brag on the devil, every time you glorify the devil, you're opening the door. But my exhortation to you this morning is simply this. Don't open the door. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20, 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. What was Paul talking about? Paul was simply telling the Ephesians Christians, don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Don't give the devil an opportunity in your situations and in your relationships. Don't give the devil an opportunity. But every time we open that door, we give the devil a foothold. Every time we open a door, we invite him to come in and just reap havoc in our lives. Now, Paul told the Ephesians, neither get place to the devil. He told them that in response to believers getting angry. In that same chapter in the previous verse, verse 26, Paul says, be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. And let not the sun go down on your wrath. How do we get angry? We express our angry often through our emotions and our emotions causes us to say things that's not based on what God has said to us. We say things out of a hurt. We say things out of that anger, out of that feeling of wrath. We say things. We get heated up emotionally. Then we allow anything to come out of our mouths. And Paul says it's all right to get angry. But sin not. And we sin when we open the door to the devil. We sin when we give him a foothold. We sin when we give him an opportunity. Let not the sun go down in your wrath. The longer you can carry your anger, the more vulnerable you are to opening the door to the devil. And you know what? He's always outside of that door waiting to come in. Did you hear what I said? He's always outside waiting to come in. He just wants you to give him a crack, give him a crevice. And sometimes some folks just swing it wide open and he come on in. Sometimes he'll move in. Now this is obviously clear in our relationships, particularly marriage. If you're in a relationship with someone and if you're married, it isn't uncommon for anger to come up from time to time. It isn't uncommon to have disagreements. Many married couples have heated discussions. Sometimes you call them arguments, sometimes you call them verbal fights. But Paul says, it's all right to get angry at your spouse. It's all right to get angry at your friend. It's all right. He says, but don't sin. Don't give the devil a foothold by saying the wrong thing. You got to guard your mouth and your tongue. If you don't guard your mouth and your tongue, then the relationship will face many troubles. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. So couples, they argue, they fight, 
And then they say the wrong thing. And when you say the wrong thing, in other words, you're saying something that's not in line with the spirit of Christ. You're saying something that's not in line with the word of God. When you say the wrong thing, you have opened that door to the devil and the devil will come in and he will get a foothold in that relationship. He'll start controlling you rather than the spirit of God because you gave him that opportunity. But Paul says, don't do it. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. Then the apostle Peter, he also admonished believers. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, what was Peter saying there? Peter was admonishing us, don't open the door. Be careful about the things you say. Because you'll have what you say. Peter says be sober. What does it mean to be sober? When we think of the word sober, we think of that word being the opposite of being intoxicated or inebriated. But there's a little more to that word than that. Peter wasn't specifically dealing with somebody who needed to abstain from wine. Who needed to abstain from some intoxicating drink. But oftentimes when it comes to understanding how the enemy operates against us, our adversary, the devil, sometimes we act like we're drunk spiritually. We're drunk in the wrong way. We're not drunk in the spirit. We're like drunk according to the wisdom of life. Just drunk to it. No understanding. We're just drunk to wisdom, drunk to understanding, drunk to the instructions of God. But Peter said, be sober. To be sober is to be sound of mind. Stop acting like you're crazy. You're crazy to open that door. Peter says, be sound of mind. It also means be in the right mind. You're in the wrong mind when you give place to the devil. You're not acting soberly. Peter was saying, have the right mental attitude. Have the right mental attitude. Because you do have an adversary. He says, be sober and be vigilant. To be vigilant is to stay woke. We must stay woke spiritually. To be vigilant is to stay on guard. To be vigilant is to stay alert. Stay alert. Stay on guard. Stay woke. Because you have an adversary, the devil. The devil is your adversary. He is your chief opponent. He is your chief adversary. And Peter says, your adversary, the devil. The devil is a slanderer. He's an accuser. And if he's not slandering you and accusing you, then he's slandering and accusing somebody else to you. He'll get right in between your relationships. He'll drive a wedge between you and somebody else. But be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. And don't miss that, beloved. Peter didn't say he was a lion. He says, as a roaring lion, he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Why is he seeking whom he may devour? Because all of us are not going to open the door. 
Some of us are going to stand on the word. Some of us are going to stand and say, I believe God. So he's seeking those that are weak. He's seeking those that are asleep. He's seeking those that are not sober, those that are not vigilant. He's seeking those. He's seeking whom he may devour. Now, Peter says he's like a roaring lion. Didn't say he was a lion. You see, the lion is the king of the beasts in the jungle, in the forest. The lion is the king of the beasts. And the devil wants you to think he is the king of this world. No, he's not a king. He's only a prince. Jesus said he was a prince. huh? But he walketh about as a roaring lion. He wants to scare you with his roar. He wants to frighten you. He wants you to believe him rather than God. Why is he going about as a roaring lion? Because he really isn't a lion. He really isn't a lion. I believe that the devil, when Peter says he walketh about as a roaring lion, what Peter was saying the devil is nothing more, listen to me, the devil is nothing more than an indentalist. Indentalist, you know what that word means? It simply means you don't have any teeth or you have very few teeth. Huh? That's what it means to be indentalist. Peter was saying he is indentalist. He's got more bark than bite. He's got more roar than he had actually has power. But he's seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for me. He's looking for you. But what will he find when he come to your house? What will he find when he come to my house? When he gets there, don't open the door. Just don't open the door, Peter is saying. Now what did Jesus teach us? We got to go back to the word of God. You see, this is my conviction when it comes to voting, whoever I support. I want it based on not Christian politics. I want it based on the word of God. I want it based on the word of God. And a lot of blind, blind Christians, they say, well, I'm going to support this candidate. I don't care how many times he's been married, how many times he's been guilty of adultery, how many times he, he's lied, even though it's been uh, three or four thousand times, I believe it's been documented, this person's a lie. I'm going to support the liar. I'm going to support the liar because he's pro-life. First of all, first of all, what makes you think God is pro-life? Don't get this twisted. I am not saying I support abortion. Now, I don't want to get off my message, but I believe abortion is murder. But don't tell me God is pro-life because he isn't. What is the first thing God did when he created man? The very first thing God did to dignify man was to give man a choice. He said of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil, you shall not eat of that tree. For on the day you do, you shall surely die. The first thing God did was to give man choice. People are free to do what they want to do. But the consequences are also theirs. Huh? Huh? We got to get back to what Jesus said. 
What did Jesus say? In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus, well, verse 19, Jesus said to his disciples, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them, don't miss this, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the, the world, the end of the age. Jesus says, you, when you make disciples, you teach those disciples to observe all that I've taught you, all that I've commanded you. So the question is, what did Jesus teach? What did Jesus command? That's the question. What did Jesus teach us? Well, the first thing he taught us, he said, number one, the devil is a murderer and a liar. Did you forget that one? Did you forget that lesson? Did you forget that lesson that Jesus taught us? He said, the devil is a murderer and a liar. In John chapter 8, verse 44, he says, the devil is a murderer. He was the murderer from the beginning. He says the devil does not stand in truth because he has no truth in him. Jesus went on to say he speaks out of his own nature. In other words, he speaks out of his own resources. He speaks out of his own nature. In other words, it's only natural for the devil to lie. It's only natural. So he speaks out of his own resources. He is a liar, Jesus said. He is a liar and he is the father of lies. So anything the devil tells you, you need to resist that. You need to rebuke that because he's lying to you. He can wrap it up in a pretty package and put a bow on it. It's still a lie. He can shine it up and cause it to glitter as gold, but it's still a lie. Anything the devil says to you is a lie. And he wants to murder you. He was a murderer from the beginning. He murdered Adam and Eve. He murdered them in the garden spiritually. God made them. He created Adam and he made Eve to live forever. As long as they didn't make that choice to disobey him. And when they disobeyed him, it was because Eve listened to the devil. Hmm? She listened to the, she opened the door. She opened the door and Adam walked right in that door along with the devil. Hmm? So he's a murderer. This is what Jesus taught us. He is a liar. In fact, it's only perfectly normal for the devil to lie because he can't help himself. Huh? You, you may know some people like that in Washington, D.C. They can't help themselves. They just have to lie. It's perfectly normal for them to lie. Huh? So Jesus said he's a murderer and he's a liar. So why would you ever believe him? Why would you ever open the door to a murderer and a liar? This is what Jesus taught. Then he also taught through the apostle John, and through the apostle Paul, he taught that the devil is defeated. 
The devil's defeated. Yet I never understood this. If the devil's defeated, then how does the devil have so much power over the people of God? We're testifying about the devil did this, the devil doing that, the other giving the devil all the glory, just bragging on the devil. But Jesus taught us through John and through Paul that the devil is defeated. In Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, there in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apostle John says in verse 10, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren has been cast down who accused them before our God both day and night. John said, the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. In other words, he is defeated. He's defeated. He's defeated. The only power the devil has, let's keep it real, is in his role as an accuser. If you believe the accusation, if you believe the lies, then you empower the devil because he is defeated. He's been cast down. And why would you let somebody cast down bring you down? You'll be brought down every time you open the door and you'll have what you say. Then the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul told the Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, Paul says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What are you saying, Paul? Paul says when Jesus died on the cross, that wasn't a defeat for Jesus. That was a mighty victory. It was a mighty victory over Satan. And having to spoil, in other words, he disarmed the devil. He disarmed the devil. Let me say it again. When Jesus down the cross, he disarmed the devil. He made a public spectacle of the devil. Then he paraded over the devil in victory. So don't open the door. He's lying to you. And if you believe that lie, then he has power over you. And the reason he has power over you, because you gave him your power. Glory to God. So what did the Lord command? He taught us that the devil is a murderer, a liar. He taught us that the devil <clears throat> is defeated. So what did he command? In James chapter four, verse seven, James, James says, submit. Therefore, your lives unto God. Therefore, submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If you don't put up any resistance, then the devil will believe he has power over you. But the truth be told, he's been disarmed. The truth be told, he is defeated. So James said by the Holy Spirit that if you'll submit yourselves to God, number one, to submit yourselves to God means you've humbled yourself to stand on the word of God, to believe God. You've submitted yourself unto what God said. 
regardless of the circumstances, regardless how it may look. You got to submit yourself to what God said. You submit yourselves unto God. Then you resist the devil and he must flee from you. You don't resist the devil by saying, leave me alone, devil. Go on, devil. You better stop it, devil. No, no, no. You resist the devil by standing in your authority. Somebody filled with the spirit of God. Somebody that understands the power in the blood of Jesus, the power in the name of Jesus, the power in the word of God. You resist the devil by saying, devil, I resist you in the name of Jesus Christ and I command you to go. And he goes when you mean business. I'll never forget many years ago after I came into the knowledge, after I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I was taught that I had power. I'll never forget that devil came to try me. That devil came in my bedroom. I was still single at that time. That devil came in my bedroom. Looked like a hairy, grizzly looking gorilla or something. And he hovered over me in my bed. He paralyzed my vocal cords. I couldn't say nothing. But all I could do is just think in my mind, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go. And that thing left my bedroom and shut the door behind him. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you, you got power. You got power. But you got to be submitted unto God. You got to be submitted unto God. And when you submit unto God, when you humble yourself unto God, then God exalts you in your power that he's given you. You resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So what shall we say to all these things? What shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who is the enemy, the adversary, the devil? Who is? Who could be against us? In closing, in closing, we'll always have what we say. If we say what God says, we'll have his goodness and we'll experience victory. If we say what the devil says to us, we'll always suffer defeat. So what shall we say to these things? John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, Little children, you are of God. I want you to think about that. You are of God, little children. You are of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are God's heritage. You are heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are of God, little children. And greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. The greater one resides in you. The liar is on the outside of you. It's the liar, the murderer knocking at your door. But on the other side of that door, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So here's what we got to do, beloved. We got to confess that we've overcome the devil. We got to confess that. There was a time when the devil was making decisions in my life. And there was a time he was making decisions in your life. 
but there's a new sheriff in town. And we got to confess that we have overcome that devil. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So don't open the door. Don't open the door by believing and saying what the devil says. Those are lies of the devil. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Shut the door. Just shut the door. And you'll have what you say. You have what you say. So what you say is what you believe and receive. Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this exhortation. Don't open the door to the enemy who's lying to us. He's putting thoughts and ideas in our minds. These thoughts and ideas are producing words out of our mouth. And these words bring much trouble to our souls. But help us, Father God, to understand the principle and the power that we'll have what we say. So help us to say what you said. You said the devil's a murderer. The devil's a liar. You said the devil's defeated. Help us to say the same. Help us to submit our lives unto you. Resist that devil and he must flee from us. He must flee from our marriages. He must flee from our families, our homes, our households. He must flee from our finances. He must flee from all that concerns us. He must flee from our respective workplaces. He must flee when we choose to believe you and to say what you said. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Now, Father, I ask you to take these words, cause these words to spread like a virus so the people of God, both near and afar, will regain victory over their accuser, their arch enemy, their chief adversary, the devil. Oh, God, thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I ask you, to touch the hearts of the ungodly. Touch the hearts of those who haven't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and help them, Father God, to be convicted in the hearts of truth. The truth that they heard. May they confess with their mouth, believe in their hearts that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead so that they might be saved. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved today. You can be empowered today. Yes, you can have power over the devil, over the principalities and powers. You can have power over the devil and his dominion of darkness in Jesus' name. So there it is, beloved. Don't open the door because you'll have what you say. Remember this, faith, which works by love, walk in love and have faith in God. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship. 
where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.